think the thing that I love about squash is it's really a sport for any age. I mean, of course, when you play at tournament levels or maybe national or international competitions, there's so much training that's involved, but I think it's very reachable for any type of skill level and you can keep playing it from, you know, until you're in your 60s. Welcome to the first edition of 2024, the Wing Don't Podcast. We had a great 2023 and hopefully we'll have an even better 2024. Uh, I am Bonte Hill, of course, your host and kind enough to join me today. We're going to go into the direction of squash. And no, we're not talking about vegetables here. We're talking about the sport. And we're going to do that with Casey Wong, who joined the club about almost, she's been part of the Olympic club for about almost a year. Almost a year here. Casey, good morning. How are you? Thanks so much for joining the Wingdo Podcast. Yes, I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Super excited to be on the Wingdo Podcast today. Yeah, absolutely. Our first guest of 2024. And, you know, I know you're going to set the bar high here and you're going to explain what squash is, how you joined the club as a squash player. Now, first of all, I know you were born and raised on the East Coast in the great state of Maryland. Can you explain yourself and how it was growing up on the East Coast with all that different weather and the snow and everything? Yeah. Uh, so I grew up in Baltimore, Maryland. I moved there when I was seven. So definitely grew up, I guess, spent most of my time in Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, the weather is definitely different from out here on the West Coast. I've uh, definitely become a bit more spoiled, I guess, with the warm weather here. <laughs> so every time I go back, I struggle a bit. <laughs> so Baltimore, obviously, Maryland is, I heard it was a big lacrosse state, right? Am I am I wrong there? It is a huge lacrosse state, yeah. Okay. Okay. Pretty much everyone plays growing up as a kid. I I, I played at one point in time, too. <laughs> so you played at one point in time, lacrosse or whatnot. And I know you, I understand you played a little bit of tennis and you played all the racket sports. What led you into squash? Uh, yeah, so I've been around squash courts my whole life. Uh, my parents actually met playing squash. And so we like to joke in my family that, you know, my sister and I were raised at the courts and my parents would leave us in our little baby seats behind the back glass. And so that's essentially how I got into it. Uh, been playing from a very young age. Yeah, I understand almost 10 years on the U.S. junior circuit. Uh, yes. Wow. Wow. So how was that experience for you? And uh, eventually, obviously, it led you to Stanford University. But before we get there, how was that plan on the East Coast, playing in Maryland and squash all throughout your childhood? So uh, squash is a very, very fun sport. You know, it's very physically taxing. There's a lot of sprinting in a box, but it's also very creative, which is something that I enjoy about it the most. Uh, there's a lot of different styles of play and a lot of different strategy that goes into competing and playing against other people. And the junior circuit is especially fun because you get to not only compete at such a high level for an intense sport, but you also get to meet a lot of people. Mm -hmm. uh, the junior circuit is centered like a lot of other junior circuits where, you know, you compete in tournaments once a month and then you work on building your ranking. And then from there, you compete in nationals and maybe go on to play on other teams. Uh, and so playing squash as a kid growing up was such an incredible experience, not only for the competitive aspect, but for a lot of the friendships that I made. Uh, squash is a very small community. And so at these tournaments, you'd see the same group of, say, 30 to 60 people. And you just develop a lot of friendships that last a lifetime and you end up still playing squash with them years later. <laughs> no, no, no doubt. That's, that's pretty cool there. So what led you to Stanford? 
was it squash? Was it your academics? Uh, I, when it comes to academics, don't talk to me about it, Casey. Uh, I know, I know <laughs> the, uh, prerequisites to get to Stanford and, uh, I didn't quite meet those. What about yourself? What, what led you to Stanford University here in, here in the Bay Area? Yeah. So, um, I was recruited, uh, to play squash at Stanford, which I was very thankful for. I was deciding between, you know, a few schools out on the East Coast and Stanford. Uh, and ultimately I chose Stanford because for one, I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful campus right. with incredible academic programs and, uh, was definitely very excited to pursue, uh, computer science, which is ultimately what I ended up majoring in. Um, but I also chose Stanford, I think, for what the program itself offered. Uh, the Stanford program is led by Mark Talbot, mm -hmm. who's an incredible coach, player, and also person. And I think the thing that really attracted me was his emphasis on players, both as, you know, competitive athletes, but also student as, and as people, mm -hmm. uh, you know, growing and learning in their 20s, which I think was great. And he kept the program incredibly fun. Now, obviously, traveling, you're not a stranger to it. Um, going back to just your, your days as a team and playing on the U.S. junior circuit, you were able to travel mm -hmm. overseas, and you participated in the British Junior Open a couple of times. Were you, first of all, were you always competitive? And second, what was it like traveling for big competitions, especially across the pond? Yeah, um, well, I'm definitely <laughs> – I definitely am very competitive. I uh, think I get that from my family, which is great. Both my parents are great competitors. Um, and so being able to travel internationally was such an honor and such a cool experience as a kid too. Um, and kind of, as I talked about building lasting friendships, uh, getting to travel abroad and meet people from, from other countries was also just incredible and made a lot of lasting friendships there as well. And I think at least from a competitive aspect, um, playing people from other countries, you were, exposed to a lot of different styles of play that uh, maybe aren't as common or as popular here in the U.S. And I think that always posed a really uh, interesting challenge and, you know, was a puzzle to figure out on court, which is great. All right. So the end of your college career, you had a little bit of a curveball. You were throwing a little bit of a curveball. And I think we all were in this society, in this world, COVID-19 basically shut down the world. Mm -hmm. How did that impact you, Casey? Yeah. So COVID-19 was definitely devastating. Um, and especially at the end of my both college career, but also college in general, uh, I was obviously looking forward to my senior spring, which I didn't get to have. Um, but I was fortunate in a way to have gotten in my last season of college squash. Um, and so right after we finished nationals, about two weeks later, we got kicked off campus. And so, um, yeah, sadly left Stanford on, you know, a kind of rough goodbye, but you know, at least I got my senior season in, which I was right. very, very thankful for. Right, right. Now you, you did a great job there. Now, how'd you get over to Berkeley as a Stanford <laughs> Cardinal? What made you want to right, help volunteer right. and coach the Berkeley men's team, Casey? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess with uh, kind of going back to getting kicked off campus, obviously, squash is not a very COVID friendly sport. Uh, it's two people in an enclosed space bumping into each other all the time. And so definitely had to take a forced hiatus from squash for about a year and a half, which I think was definitely valuable in some way, you know, after playing for at such a high level for such a long time, it was really nice to have a almost forced break mm -hmm. to allow myself to kind of fall back in love with the game again. And so 
when things kind of opened up and, uh, you know, vaccinations were in place and facilities were starting to open their doors again, I really wanted to get back into squash. And so I had moved to Berkeley for my job at the time. And the only options for squash over here on the, uh, uh, in the East Bay uh, was coaching the Berkeley men's team, right. which is definitely really funny. And so, and I know how that sounds, you know, the, mm-hmm. uh, women's Stanford squash player going to coach the Berkeley men's team, but we ended up having a really phenomenal time. And I developed really great relationships with, uh, the men on the team and we had a lot of fun at practices and coaching. And you also ran into Gareth Weber, uh, who of course is right, a squash yeah. director here at the Olympic club. Uh, that had to be a life changing moment because you helped the Olympic club women's squash team bring home the How Cup, the United States' largest yeah. squash event for women and a national team championship. It's just the second time the Cup has been won by San Francisco in the tournament's 89-year history. And the LC team, of course, won it in 2019. So, actually, it gets to the curse, right? You go to Berkeley, your arch rival all throughout college, and you meet Gareth Weber. T- talk about how life-changing that was for you, Casey. Yeah, I mean, it was absolutely incredible. And so, it was definitely by luck as well because – uh, I ran into Gareth because the Berkeley men's team had a scrimmage with the Olympic club mm-hmm. and I played against the Olympic club in college too, as a Stanford player. And so it was great to go back and I run into so many familiar faces who I also hadn't realized were still in the Bay. And that's how I ran into Gareth who told me about the incredible opportunities at the Olympic club. And that definitely changed my trajectory. Uh, being able to join the Olympic club mm-hmm. allowed me to really enter into the squash scene again in a way that I hadn't previously envisioned myself after college. Uh, I, there was definitely a lot of concerns post-college of where I would find places to train or people to play and compete with, but not necessarily at the level that I had been before. Um, and, you know, without kind of jumping back into like the pro circuit mm-hmm. or anything like that. But, um, and so that was really special. And the squash community that Gareth is fostering at the Olympic club is really quite incredible. And everyone's super supportive and gung-ho and uh yeah has really been a incredible addition to my life and obviously your competitive juices are flowing right now and you have immediate success again you help bring home the how cup tell me about the championship how big of a deal it was for the olympic club we're bringing home that championship again the second time uh in 89 years that's ridiculous yeah it's absolutely incredible um you know the how cup is such a fantastic tournament to begin with. I mean, having over 300 women in one space who are so passionate about squash coming together and to compete is, you know, really fantastic on its own. And then being able to actually, you know, compete alongside my other Olympic club uh, teammates and bring home the hardware is mm-hmm. still very, very, very surreal to me. Right. No, that, that is surreal. That's pretty cool that to, to get your competitive juices flowing, help win the How Cup. Again, the second time the club has won the How Cup, but this is an entirely different team than it won in 2019. So who are you playing with for the How Cup uh, that recently won it? Yeah, so I played with uh, Chloe Kemtob, who was actually my teammate at Stanford for all four years. And so I've known her since I was nine as well. We played the junior circuit together. Um, Sophie Mehta was also on the team who's from Canada, but I've also known through the junior circuit. And then we had Sarah Beresford who played at Brown. Um, and then we actually had a fifth player who is a local junior from Philadelphia join our team. Mm. Um, because at how cup the teams have to have five players on the team. 
and we only had four. And so kind of what they do is they assign you a random junior uh, from around uh, Philly. Mm -hmm. And she ended up being an incredible addition because she played at our fourth spot and really clenched some crucial wins for us as well. Right. And I really applaud her for joining a team of random women and competing at a tournament uh, that she'd never played before and, you know, ended up winning. Are you still playing individually? Uh, I am not currently playing individually, but I am playing a lot of doubles tournaments. Okay. I'm a big fan of doubles. And so uh, I've been playing that my whole life and actually played doubles at the How Cup like 12 years ago. And so trying to get back into doubles that's uh, currently my goal. Do you think maybe we can do, you know, maybe we can have some mixed doubles. Me and you, Casey, we yeah. go out there, play for the How Cup. What What do you think? I don't know if you'd be able to play at the How Cup since it's a women's only tournament. I mean, yeah, I know that. I mean, maybe I put a wig on or something like that. Uh, right, we, we can make right. it up. No, seriously. Seriously, if they do have mixed doubles, count me in. I'm 6'4", Casey. I'm 6'4". I got a long wingspan here. Yeah, no, I think that'd be a great addition. No, I, I mean, you'll probably run me ragged here. I, how, how, tell me how much, how much you got to be in shape. What, what, what goes into working out for a squash tournament? What goes into the training? Is it intense? Kind of explain that. Yeah. So squash is a very physically intense sport. As I mentioned, um, it's essentially sprinting in a box. And so squash matches will, you can last anywhere between, you know, 20 minutes to 45 minutes to maybe even an hour and 15. It really depends on, your endurance and the endurance of your opponent. Um, but a lot of squash training comes from match play itself, you know, playing really long rallies and you only get 10 seconds to recover in between points. And, you know, we play best three out of five. And so it really can be a battle of grit. Mm. So there's a lot of, you know, repetitive drills, stay on court for long periods of time, uh, running sprints, ghosting, which is essentially you know, practicing on court without a ball, um, practicing movement patterns. And so it can be very grueling. And I think the thing that's very challenging about squash is as you know, you can spend maybe two months building up your fitness, but if you stop for two weeks, you can lose a lot of that progress mm. immediately. Sounds like my life. Um, Casey, what's <laughs> uh, the proudest moment at the championship? Was it hoisting the trophy? What oh, was oh, some of your proudest moments there when you guys, uh, when you ladies did win the Hall Cup? Yeah, I mean, definitely finding out that we had, <laughs> that we clenched the win was, is up there as the proudest moment. Um, I think, uh, heading into the finals day, we were already just so impressed with the progress and how far we had made it in the tournament. I think people were really starting to settle into their games and get a feel again for that, you know, competitive tournament atmosphere. Um, and so when it came to our actual finals match, you know, we were just thinking about leaving it all out there on court and, mm -hmm. I was actually playing my match when we clenched the win. And so I got off court and, and Chloe ran up to me, like screaming that we had won. And, uh, <laughs> and one of the, the gifts were, uh, actually charcuterie boards. And so she was like, we got the charcuterie boards. And that was <laughs> really funny for me. <laughs> now, did it come with food? Did it come with the salami? Did it come with the cheese? Did it come with the vegetables? Sadly not. You have oh. to provide that on your own, ah, but the, the boards are quite nice. That's unfortunate. <laughs> um, no, that's, that's seriously, charcuterie board, you can't go wrong there. Now, I know you work as a product designer, but I also, my sources tell me that you also are on a dance team in Oakland, California. Yes, I am. I am on a dance team. What type of dance? Is it ballet? Is it hip hop? What's going on here, Casey? Yeah, so I'm on a uh, competitive hip hop team in <laughs> Oakland. What? Have you always been a dancer? Was that something that always interested you outside of squash? 
Uh, yeah, so I think I've always, I've always been interested in dance and the arts my whole life. Um, but I hadn't really had a place to foster that growing up on the East Coast, especially in Baltimore. And so when I got to college, I kind of just joined a, uh, one of our dance teams there, uh, and danced at Stanford for four years, joined another team as well. And that's where my love for dance really started to grow. And I was very fortunate that Mark Talbot, you know, uh, let me play squash and dance while I was at college. And huh. that is something I'll always be very thankful for. But um, yeah, and that's kind of where my love for dance grew. And post-college, uh, decided to, I think, pursue it a bit more seriously and start entering in competitions. All right. So everybody out there in the Olympic Club, sounds like we have a new dance instructor. Uh, future recommendations. Casey Wong <laughs> could be our hip hop dance instructor. And I probably would need help in that aspect as well because I have two left feet, Casey. So how can I shed that, uh, on the dance floor? You boy, I got a mean two step, but you know, the right foot doesn't yeah. work well with the left. <laughs> no, I think two step goes very far. Okay. I will say <laughs> that's the basis. That's the basis of most dance. <laughs> That's all I've got. That's all I've got there. Uh, uh, Casey Wong here on the Week Though Podcast. Look, I always like to ask folks on the podcast, and you kind of answered these questions already, but from all these different sports, whether it's hiking, whether it's uh, open sea, open water swimming or whatnot, you know, if I wanted to try out squash, how do you recommend I do that at the club? How do I get to squash at the Olympic Club? Yeah, so at the Olympic Club, I mean, it's very easy to go ahead and book a court and just – uh, hop on, um, especially Gareth and Jacob, who are the pros at the Olympic Club, are more than happy to hop on court with you and teach you the basics if you'd like. But there's also rackets you can borrow, squash balls that you can use as well. And you can just hop on and essentially it's just hitting a ball against a wall. And that's a great way to get started. Um, they also recently installed an interactive squash machine. So it's called iSquash, where you can, you know, set different programs to maybe either training or you can play games where you know if you hit the ball against the screen or against sorry the front wall the projector will sense where you've hit the ball and it, you can you know you could play games you could do training sessions mm -hmm. you can even do somewhat of match play so that's a really great you know way to get into squash if you're looking to yeah i may have to try this out now i also like to be stylish on the court or on the diamond or on the field you know, I'm a swag. I, I like to have some swagger here. It sounds like you have swagger too, Casey, um, when it comes to squash or dance. So I like to get out there and get fashionable. What's the best way to get some gear for squash? What do you recommend? Shorts, polo shirts, t-shirts. How, how does one look on the squash court? Yeah. So, uh, typically for, you know, men, I mean, it's just shorts and a t-shirt, you know, no, uh, polo shirts are required for women. Right. You can wear, leggings or a skirt, uh, tank top or a t-shirt. But I think the most crucial things that you definitely need are eyewear, mm -hmm. uh, you know, to be protective and then as well as squash shoes. Uh, squash shoes are definitely very crucial. Uh, since it's so much sprinting, you really need good traction or else, uh, you know, you could get injured quite quickly. So squash shoes, they have different soles, I'm guessing in, huh? You talked about the rubber mm -hmm. soles. Yeah. They, they're kind of like volley. They're almost like volleyball court shoes. Ah. Uh, but for, for design for squash, I learned something new every single day. And it seems like you already mentioned it, the workouts and getting ready for a tournament, whether it's the how cup or just playing record, playing with your friends at the Olympic club. It sounds like you need to be in tip top shape to play squash. It, it, it sounds like something that is going to take me a while to get up to. I'm going to have to ramp up for about six months to get ready for a squash tournament, Casey. No, I think you could play, you could start at any time, really. Right. I think the thing that I, 
love about squash is it's really a sport for any age. I mean, of course, when you play at tournament levels or maybe national or international competitions, there's so much training that's involved, but I think it's very reachable for any type of skill level and you can keep playing it from, you know, until you're in your sixties. And it sounds like too, if I'm not mistaken, I could just hear it in your voice, Casey, that you've been reinvigorated by the Olympic club and the squash team and winning the how cup. So it doesn't sound like you're going to hang it up anytime soon. Definitely not. No, I'm uh <laughs> after the how cup, I already signed up for two more tournaments wow. And I cannot wait until uh, How Cup comes back next so year. So what, what's the other tournament? Any, any tournaments outside of the How Cup? Uh, yeah, so next weekend is the Pacific Coast Doubles Tournament. So I'll be playing in that with Libby Ayer, who was actually on the 2019 How Cup team. Uh, so we're playing as a doubles pair and then also playing in the mixed doubles. And then in late February, Libby and I will be playing in the Olympic Club Pro Women's Doubles. Oh. Pro women's doubles tournament. So we need to find out the locations. We need to get out there and support you. We need to see how you get down on the squash court. Casey, a lot of fun. A lot of, I, I learn something new every day on this podcast, on the Winged Doe podcast. So to hear you play all throughout your childhood, to find the Olympic club, to meet uh, Gareth Weber, and now you're on the team leading them to championships. Really cool deal. And also a dance instructor. So we may have to get dance and squash going on here, Casey. That sounds great. All right, uh, Casey. Casey, this was a lot of fun. I gotta, I gotta get this out there. I gotta get it out there. So you're coaching at Cal and you're volunteer coaching at Cal and Stanford and Cal meets up on the gridiron or the, or the squash court or the basketball court, whatever sport it is. Are you still rooting on your Stanford Cardinal or are you going to say go bears go? No, I'm sorry. I have to be, I have to be loyal to Stanford all the way. <laughs> all right. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. Casey, a lot of fun with it. Thanks so much for taking the time out today on the Winged Old Podcast. Again, you can catch the Winged Old Podcast on wherever you get your podcasts. A lot of fun, Casey. Good luck with your squash career. We can't wait to watch you on the squash court. It sounds like you're going to be playing for a long time for the Olympic club. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. It was great to speak with you today and excited for all the tournaments and, uh, playing to come. 